Welcome to Is This Real Life? A Bravo podcast that relates our favorite shows to our own lives and the world around us. I'm your host, Mandy Slutsker. Let's get to it. Hi, everyone. I hope you're having a great week. And for those of you who are at BravoCon, I am extremely jealous. And please DM me as many tidbits of information, pictures, anything. I want to live vicariously through you. I am actually in Colorado at a wedding, and so I wasn't able to make it. So this podcast was pre-recorded. And so instead of focusing on the shows that aired this week, I have an in-depth conversation with Cece from Cece Loves You, the Instagram handle, about online toxicity and how she's working through her page to be a bit more positive in the Bravo online space. And I just find it a really interesting conversation because we get into some of the you know, DMs and stuff that she's been having with Bravo celebrities and what they experience from this like online community that we have created. And some of it's positive and some of it's very negative. And I hope that um, everyone who listens to this can, you know, take stock of their behavior online. I know I've had to spend a lot of time over the last few years thinking about how I engage online and who I engage with, um, including things like unrelated to housewives, especially stuff like politics or I don't know, anything. If, If you see someone and they put something out there that you don't agree with or that triggers a negative emotional response, is it something that you like immediately reply to or can you take a deep breath and stop yourself from hitting the the send button? And I think lately on Housewives, Twitter and Instagram, people are just taking everything just very, very seriously. And especially things like with Erica and what's going on with her, clearly I have my strong opinions, but I'm not going to... DM her and tell her what I think. And I'm not going to make a meme and tag her in it so she sees it. And I think it's just really important to remember that these people on our TV, yes, they're characters, but they're also real human beings. And this is just part one of kind of a conversation. I want to really dig deeper with a psychologist that studies online communication because I really want to know what it is about being on the internet that makes people behave differently and usually in a negative way more than they do in their real lives. I mean, I've seen people who I know in real life, not necessarily from the podcast or Bravo community, behave completely different online. You know, people in the public health community that I'm a part of who just get very wound up and say really hurtful things about others in the community when they don't agree with the stance that the other person took. And it's not just about 
reacting in the moment, but it's also about what we consume. And I found myself, especially during the worst of the pandemic, on my phone all the time. I became addicted to having my phone with me. I was addicted to looking at Twitter, seeing what was trending, reading thoughts of strangers, doom scrolling, thinking about all of the worst possible things that could happen with the pandemic, with the election, with with everything. And I don't think it served me well, but I couldn't stop. And I feel like a lot of people are in the same boat where you you know, these phones and, you know, these algorithms on social media are meant to make us addicted so that we keep scrolling, so that we keep liking, so that we keep engaging. And I'm definitely thinking through how to lessen my time on social media, which is primarily on Twitter, actually, and and not Instagram, and how to use it as a force for good And I'm always kind of thinking about that. It's been a couple, definitely at least a year, if not more, just thinking through how I engage, what I share, and who I engage with. And so hopefully this will be an enlightening and fun conversation um, because it really, we had a great time talking about this subject. And I find it really interesting As always, if you enjoy the podcast, go ahead and give it a five-star rating and leave a kind review. And you can always reach out to me um, at Mandy Slutsker on Twitter or on Instagram. Uh, In the DMs, give me some constructive feedback or share something that you liked or just reach out with your BravoCon stories because I want to hear them all. (laughs) Anyways, I hope you guys have a great week and I'll be back with your regularly scheduled programming next week. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hi, everyone. I am here today for a very special conversation with Cece from the Instagram account Cece Loves You. How are you doing today, Cece? Hi, I'm doing very well. And uh, I'm very excited to have this conversation with you. (laughs) Me too. I feel like, okay. And this conversation has been a long time coming. I've been stating, and I know a lot of other people feel the same way, that some of the online universe of Bravo has become so toxic and so not fun that it makes me want to retreat and not participate. And I want to like have a kind of in-depth conversation with you about the Bravo online universe. So let's start kind of at the beginning for you. When did you first start your page? I know it happened when your dad was diagnosed with cancer, and this is something that you guys um, created together. And then when he passed, you continued. Yeah. 
So I'll try to keep my answer short because I can be very long-winded as Dorit. And I know we have <laughs> other things that we want to cover. For those that don't know yet, I started my page in January 2020, just before COVID hit. Um, my father indeed had cancer, was very sick, and we were looking for an activity that we could do indoors and that wouldn't cost as much energy as like other activities might would cost him and things we could like do together and just have fun and spread positivity and while he was sick, I really got him into Bravo and the idea came up to start like a Bravo account together because I have a background in social media. I have been a yeah travel blogger. I hate the word influencer, <laughs> like for over a decade in the travel and lifestyle industry. And yeah, we thought, you know, let's try a different area where we could do it maybe together. And then the Bravo page was created. So, yeah. And it's... <laughs> called CC Loves You, and you had always said that the goal of your page is to spread positivity. What made you choose that goal? In all honesty, um, when we created the page together with my dad, we were both not in the best place, and there was a lot of negativity, and we were really looking for like online positivity, and we also wanted to contribute to that. Also, for those that don't know, but clearly can hear from my fantastic accent, I'm you know, not a native English speaker. I'm based in Holland. I watch a lot of European reality shows outside of like the Bravo things. And in the past few years, a lot of, um, yeah, I don't want to laugh because it's a horrible topic, but uh, a lot of British uh, former reality stars actually committed suicide like mm-hmm. three in a very short amount of time and it wasn't based on their time on the show but it was based after they got out of their reality show and the online treatment of like the accounts and trolls and the paparazzi in the UK is like nowhere in the world if you remember what happened to Diana princess Diana for example like it's such a whole d- new era of like stalking compared to Holland or even the US and we noticed that there was like a lot of negativity and also in the reality TV world and I really saw that as um, in Dutch you say gat in the markt and if I translate it it translates to a hole in the market I'm not sure if <laughs> no, yes that. so an area that um, you see oh god how do, how do they use it for marketing and but it's an area that you see there's, you know, a need, right? Exactly. There's, there's it's space. It's an untapped area. Mm-hmm. Like it, untapped. Uh, yeah. Untapped it, it, market. It, it's an untapped market. See, together we get there. <laughs> and I really saw it as a, oh my God, I'm so going to use this in every conversation I have. It's an untapped market. I love this. And we thought we, <laughs> this sounds disgusting. We can fill that hole. <laughs> No, 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 we, no. I, I feel that, but Maybe you could, yeah, no, I think this is brilliant because, you know, there's so many uh, accounts that are meant to be snarky, right? Mm-hmm. And I think this is where Diana Jenkins got in trouble where she heard the term black content creator. And she, mm-hmm. I believe, truly thought that meant someone who creates negative, nasty 
um, yeah. snarky content because yeah. of just and, and people create sort of mean memes and then mm-hmm. go out of their way to tag the reality oh, star Lord, out of their way like it's crazy the harassment someone can get from either a fair mistake or a stupid mistake or something that is interpreted as a mistake that it wasn't meant like that in the first place like with diana jenkins it's a good example that you brought up i even messaged a girl the black content creator her name is Kristen. Uh, I think on Instagram, her handle is Philly Diva, Mm -hmm. uh, who it happened to. And I also, and she's like one of my now good friends in the Bravo community. But then, of course, I did. We didn't know each other. I explained to her like in I I am absolutely not defending Diana. But as a non-native English speaker, I uh, explained how some words from English translate in my native tongue of Dutch. And that it really can be used as like when we talk about dark humor yes. in Dutch, say zwarte humor, and which zwart means black. black, right? Which is the same in German and in Yiddish, exactly. right? And in Yiddish, when you use the term that same term, it can mm-hmm. also be used derogatory. It's almost equivalent to like the N word, yeah, right? But it's also can be, it depends on the context. It can also exactly. be used to truly mean the term black or to mean yeah. the term using dark humor. Um, exactly. Or, yeah. So I, I definitely saw that right away as someone who grew up in a household with a non-native English speaker, that there was mm-hmm. constantly little things that my dad would be like, wait, what? Exactly. <laughs> you yeah, know? Exactly. Yeah. But... Um, at the same time, okay, even if uh, Diana meant it in a racist way, right? Mm-hmm. And there are people uh, in the Bravo space who have done things and, you know, actions that are racist and are yeah. homophobic and are um, hurtful, right? Yeah. I wonder what good it does to harass them, not to call them out or to mm-hmm. call them in, but to actually say, you should kill yourself yeah. because that's the kind of messages absolutely that that people share and I always wonder what good comes from that like how does that help further us to become a more anti-racist society <laughs> well it absolutely doesn't help like <laughs> at all and I don't think that that is the goal of the people who send those messages. And that's exactly also why I saw this as, <laughs> sorry, I'm laughing because every time I'm going to say untapped market for life, they will think <laughs> of our conversation. But that's why I saw this an untapped market because I see a lot of people running their accounts and it's fueled with like contro- controversy. How do you say that? Controversy. Controversy, hate, uh, clickbait, like just get enough people talking about your page based on bullshit and hate that you're spreading. And I'm like, why do you think, what what do you think you're actually doing? Like if someone fucked up, let's say indeed it was meant racist. She is a big racist. She hates people of color. What does it give you to tell someone like that to kill themselves? Like it does not help anyone or the situation at all. But I feel like people 
need to get it out of their system and they don't even understand that they are talking to a real life human being right they just see it like as a character on tv but don't get it twisted these people do read their dms and do read their messages even if they don't reply they read their messages so even if someone is a big-ass racist it a human still has feelings and i'm not saying that they don't deserve bad things but there is a line you don't send shit like that to people i wouldn't even send it to my worst enemy like if something like that happened disengage from it Mm -hmm. tell them in uh in a way like okay i really don't agree with what you did or try to have an open conversation if those are your needs but don't stoop to, to that level because at that point you are not even better than the person you're talking to you just don't go there you're you're spreading hate as well yeah. i i would love to get a psychologist to be on this podcast and talk about the psychology and sociology, right, of online personalities and why people do certain things online behind a screen that they would never do face to face. And I don't know what it is, but it seems to be an interesting phenomena. And I think it happens, you know, in every online space in certain media are worse than others, like certain mediums, I guess. So like, I think Twitter is more toxic than Instagram. But Mm -hmm. Instagram can still be really toxic. Uh, Wanted to kind of hear from you about when you're talking to Bravo celebrities, because you reach out to them in DMs and often try to have dialogue. Yeah, what rules do you have? Like, for engagement for yourself you mean if i have any rules for myself to what i can or cannot ask or yeah what you're willing to ask whether or not you're willing to publish what they've said what your like purpose uh is of even reaching out in the first place my purpose of reaching out in the first place is that i really believe in having open conversations without any judgment or at least try to have as little judgment as I have because I am always very interested it's like in the yeah who I am as a person to really understand people really understand their motives and where they are coming from so when I see something that I don't necessarily agree with and I'm curious about or if I feel like someone is really being misunderstood I just reach out to them and I ask i don't have any limits like oh i won't ask this or that i always ask anything i want to know like i legit don't care like oh maybe this can be hurtful because i believe in being very straightforward maybe that's a dutch thing i don't know i with me it's what you see is what you get if i want to know something i'll ask you you don't have to answer you can tell me i don't want to answer but i will ask it and then it's up to the other person how they want to respond As far as publishing, I have a lot of conversations that I never mention because I always ask, like, can I publish this? Or, you know, do you give me consent? And a lot of people, (laughs) like like Vicky, (laughs) Vicky Vicky Gumbelson, she always says no. (laughs) 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 And she says the shittiest shit about, like, so many people. And, of course, I won't drop the names because, you know, she said no. But... 
I, I'm like, Vicky, this can go viral even for you. Like, it's so funny. She's like, no, don't bother. Don't bother. And I'm like, but it's so funny because she in the DMs also, she is exactly like how you see her on TV. And I think she's incredibly funny. She can be very problematic, of course, but I don't know. She's very funny to me. But if someone says don't publish it, I won't. And that is something that annoys me with some of these Bravo accounts. Like I said, there are a lot of people out there that are here for like the juice and the clickbait and the whatever. And they will just leak DMs or private conversations. Right. And yeah, I always wonder what would make a Bravo celebrity compelled to respond to a complete stranger that they have not established trust with. Right. But yeah, you yeah. seems like you have you help to establish trust with them by exactly. asking for consent to publish things, and that yeah. leads to them reaching out to you more or responding more. Exactly, because that's. I'm happy that you said that because I wanted to say that myself. It's not like I'm DMing these people out of the blue with like a million questions. With most Bravo celebrities or Bravo housewives, I have built a relationship over the past like two, two and a half years. And it doesn't mean that we talk daily. With some of them, actually, yes. But with most of them, no. But there is like communication there. So when I ask them something, I think they tend to honest uh, answer me faster or more honest than maybe with another account because they know who I am and also how I run my account. Like right. I have so much information, very damaging information that I could have used. I could have grown my account so much more and faster, but that's not the direction that I want to go to. Also, when I started this account, it was also interesting for me to be like, um, can you say, if I say sp sparring partner, is that English? Sparring yeah, or yeah. Not? Okay, because it's also the Dutch word. Um, to be like a sparring partner for these people where they can just vent to mm. someone who's not a cast member, who's not on their team or being paid to say whatever they like, just an outsider, basically, just to get shit out of their system. And I have talked with like a lot of, especially housewives, while they were filming, especially, for example, with the Aspen trip, I knew like literally hour by hour what was happening And then you can also offer like some guidance in what someone should or shouldn't do. Now, most of them don't listen, as we saw with the Aspen trip, like, oh, my God, because some things I knew for months that it would happen. And I'm like, oh, this is not what I told you to do. You're making it so much worse. And yeah, I don't know. Okay, I'm so let's yeah. dig into not the Aspen trip, but let's talk about Lisa Rinna for a moment. Yeah. I, of all the people on these shows, her online personality seems to really have changed over yeah. the last, I don't know, seven, eight years, drastically. Do mm -hmm. you know what may have contributed to that for her? Uh, to be honest, I haven't really been watching her for seven, eight years online. So I don't really know how she was before For me, I do see a huge difference, especially in the last year. And I know she, blame is not the right word. How do you say She that? uses an excuse for her mother's death as why she's acting out online. Yeah, that's also not the term I want to use. <laughs> I don't want to say it's an excuse. I think she 
contributes it to yeah. her mother's passing, which everyone grieves differently and grief is such a personal process. I don't necessarily see it like that, but I also feel like I should not have an opinion about that because I have been through the loss of a parent and I know firsthand how, you know, uh, difficult it is. And sometimes you can hide behind grief to, you know, get some <laughs> bottled up shit out. Right. Maybe it really is her grief. Like, I don't want to touch that. <laughs> but I have seen it change a lot for sure. Um, and I don't understand she, it. She, in the last, I don't know, few months, decided mm-hmm. to block people that she had regularly mm-hmm. communicated with. Yeah, including me, girl. So, My ass blocked too. <laughs> what did you, How first of all, how do you know when you're blocked? I know that I was blocked because I was uh, on an ongoing conversation with her and she actually, this is what was very weird to me. So basically I'm in Holland, right? So there is a big, uh, not age gap. Well, there is an age gap between me and Rina, but I want to say time time. time difference. Mm -hmm. Uh, So often when I'm already going to sleep, you guys are still up because with the East Coast, it's like six hours earlier and the West Coast, it's nine hours earlier. So I was like messaging with Lisa Rina and she reposted something I made, like a meme or whatever. And then we were talking and I said, oh, I'll respond in the morning. Like, I cannot keep my eyes open, whatever. And then she uh, said, okay. And then the next morning when I woke up, I was like, huh? her account is gone. So first I thought, oh, she deactivated her account because she told me that that, that was something she was thinking about doing. Like, just take a social media break. She was just on Watch What Happens Live. And they called her a disaster. Like, sparring. Like, should that be something I should do? So I initially thought um, she just deactivated her account. Then I saw... I'm trying to figure out if it was either Bravo, Bravo, Ducking, Bravo. Or Real Moms Watch Bravo. Real Real Moms Moms Bravo. Bravo. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, either one of the I, I one of them said in their stories like I'm blocked. I was like, wait, blocked. So I messaged Lisa's assistant, like, hey, uh, is she still on Insta? Because I don't see her. She was like, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, wait, but then that means that I'm blocked. And she was like, no, I'm sure you're not blocked. And then later she came back to me like, oh yeah, you're blocked. <laughs> and I was like, why? Because some people. She had the courtesy of send them a message like, hey, you're really nice, blah, blah, uh, but I'm blocking you. But I didn't get that message from her personally. And her assistant told me that um, because a lot of people, even though my content was positive and my relationship with her was good, because a lot of people in my comment section on my page uh, talked very, very negatively about her and keeps tagging her that she just didn't want to see that. So that was the reasoning I was given for being blocked, like that she wanted to put her mental health first and that my page, even though I was nice to and about her, wasn't contributing to that basically because of my, not necessarily followers, maybe those people don't even follow me, like the people in my comments. Yeah, who was coming on your page. Oh, this must be the reason that she 
I also blocked uh, Christian Gray Snow and some of the other people who were pretty ardent supporters of her on the franchise in general. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting. I always wonder, and again, this goes back to like, I probably need to find a psychologist. What would compel someone to do something like that? Do they not have enough self-control mm-hmm. to, and and again, most of the um, social media I don't even know, mediums, I guess, were actually made to, I think, chip away at our self-control to make us want to react in anger um, Mm -hmm. or react in outrage rather Mm -hmm. than, okay, calm down, take a breath, take a walk, and then see whether or not you want to reply to this post, right? It's like, I feel like social media preys on our most negative aspects of us yeah. as people and and chips away at parts of our brain that normally regulate our emotions. Yeah. And so I always wonder, I, I'm not blaming, but I'm like, do they not have ways that they can actually control this, what they consume and how often they're on and what they choose to post and all of that, like if I was really famous, I would mm-hmm. hire a social media person who would mm-hmm. do it all for me. So I wouldn't have to see anything yeah. that was like really damaging, you know? Yeah. yeah. And I think there are some people who do that. I know Bethany Frankel has like a big social media team. Um, but I also think there are people that maybe are so addicted to the fame and the attention that comes from it, that they really want to stay involved. And even though the good often outweighs the bad, there are also times when the bad outweighs the good, but because they are so addicted to it and so involved in it, they just cannot let it go. And it becomes an addiction. I really think that people that are very addicted to attention, to all these kind of aspects that come with fame, they have a very difficult time of social distancing themselves from their social media platforms because they get FOMO. I know this. Yes. Okay. This is such an important point. So like people are actually addicted to the fame and how much people are reaching out to them. Yeah. 100%. Wow. Wow. And I, I know when Lisa was like in a good mindset, mind space, uh, she is someone who will, trigger people online just to keep the conversation going. And I have to say, I do admire that somewhere because even like when she's not filming or when the season is not airing, she is one of those Bravo celebrities people are always talking about because there's always something up. She will post a silly thing. She will do her dances or she will say something controversial. Like she's always, there's always like conversation about her and she does it herself. And I think that's because part of it, because she is addicted to this attention. She keeps the conversation about herself going. But now the conversation took a very bad turn. And a lot of people are actually, I think for the first time, the majority is very anti-Lisa Rinna. I think she was always one of those Bravo celebrities where you either love or hate her. And there are a lot of people that don't like her. But I think especially with this season, it really became more of like more haters towards more of people who were praising her and loving her and admiring her or whatever. And I think that that came as a shock to her, especially during the time of grief. Because, you know, even if you think she doesn't, really feel it whatever it's still her mother who passed away 
just like a few years after she lost her father. And I think it it doesn't matter who you are. That fucks with you. You know, you're basically an orphan now, I think, if you don't have parents. That's what it's called. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, it's usually when you're... Mostly like children without parents and stuff. But I mean, you're parentless. No, I I think it's it's definitely a tough thing um, to experience. For sure. I think the age at which you experience it also really matters. And going through this at 59 is different than going through it at 29 or 19 or nine, you know, but Mm -hmm. it's still very tough. What I see with Lisa Rinna is almost like certain um, news type personalities. And I use the term news loosely in the United States, especially on the far right, you know, it at some point the shock value wears off and you have to do things and say things that are even more outrageous to yeah. generate buzz around you and your show. And I feel yeah. like she just went off the deep end with mm-hmm. creating controversy and then couldn't handle the fact that she went too far. She seemed to exactly. always kind of in previous years go right to the line, you know, mm-hmm. Um, but somehow didn't cross it very often. Or she mm-hmm. would cross it once and then retreat. Like talking about Kim Richards' sobriety, then she retreated. Talking yeah. about certain things with Lisa Vanderpump and then retreating. But this time she just, she went past the line and she like waved and then just continued going. <laughs> I think you're, yeah, your wording is perfectly because that is exactly what happens. It's it's tough. I wonder if there's like even certain types of therapists that focus primarily on social media, people yeah. that have problems with social media, because it, it is such a huge issue, especially with young people. And, you know, children are now on social media and they're getting bullied, not just in school, but when they leave school and they're on their phones. And it's just yeah. it's so overwhelming. It is. I know in Holland we have that and we also have like a documentary, ongoing documentary where they follow former reality stars and their mental health struggles. So I'm very proud that they pay attention to that and really bring it to like our national TV channels, uh, like the main channels uh, to educate people on this topic. But I don't know if they have it everywhere. I think they should because I, I honestly don't think people understand how your online behavior can impact and affect someone else because everyone can hide behind their laptop or phone or a tablet or whatever device you're using. And everyone can send these nasty messages, but you're not sending them into thin air. You're sending them to a person. And then I always think about, cause I'm a huge RuPaul fan He literally in every interview he does about this topic says like, I don't, I'm not on social media. I don't check my comments. I'm not engaging. But then I'm like, then you're also missing the good parts and the fans that are really want to support you and stuff like that. But I think with certain personalities, and especially if you are a bit more on the sensitive side and you cannot see it as like a business model, because basically you have to see yourself as a product. That sounds very harsh, but you you become a product that people want to invest in or don't want to invest in, but you cannot take shit personally because 99% of the things that are being said is being said by people who never even have met you in real life. They are basing it on whatever they see. 
and that doesn't justify it and it doesn't make it right. And you have to be able to separate yourself from it. And if you cannot separate yourself from it, then you honestly, I think you should not be on it because it gets so vile. Right. No, I agree with you. I agree. I actually think a lot of people shouldn't be on social media. No, like the things even I get, I think in our last chat a few months ago, we talked about it too. It was with the Stasi thing now, uh, then, but now also with certain, whenever I talk, like my account is super positive and encouraging. And of course I can be shady too sometimes, but never really mean, at least I don't think so. Uh, But whenever I talk about race or politics, Girl, I even get like death threats and I'm like, oh my God, like I want to throw acid in your face. So I'm like, what the fuck? What? what? I want to throw acid in your face? That's, oh my that's God. That's the nicest death threats I got. I got some <laughs> very detailed ones. And I was like, oh God, I'm so happy I don't live in the States because it, my target audience, the majority is in the United States. I'm like, what if I was living in New York and someone sees me on the street Will they do it? Like, you know. Okay. So this is actually a really important question. Do you feel like the United States social media universe Mm -hmm. is more damaging than the Dutch? A hundred million percent. Okay. And I don't want to be like (laughs) mean or whatever, but I think it's based on a few things. First, we are not really a big reality TV country. (laughs) legit the shows we have are about farmers looking for love that's our (laughs) (laughs) i'm not making this up it's like i know i know like uh my farmer lover or something and it's like a farmer and then 12 like the bachelorette with a farmer like women go to the farm to experience farm life and find love like that's the kind of reality shows we have we don't have something like the kardashians or well, we will have the Real Housewives of Amsterdam in October, but I'm talking to some of the producers and they are already like, it's not even comparable to the American franchise. Like, it's very different. So I think we're not really that um, culture of reality TV to start with. And I think that also is reason why the audience might be a bit different. Okay, but here's the question. So even separate reality TV away Mm -hmm. from it if i were to post something on twitter or instagram that people very much disagreed with Mm -hmm. how do you think people in the netherlands would respond Mm -hmm. to a disagreement versus americans on social media I think, of course, we here also have a lot of trolls and negative people and people that really go in on it. I do think it's more with a younger crowd on social media. I follow some of these news sites or bloggers or whatever, and people can disagree, but it's never... Of course, I don't know what goes on in the DMs, but like publicly, it's very mild and it's more like oh i don't agree with it or you're you're stupid is like the worst thing i read it's not like name calling in a worse way or like really toxic and maybe it it is there but then i'm unaware of it like as far as i've seen so far and i also don't think it's in every american um thing totally I, i really see it as a reality tv thing 
because like I said before, I have worked as an influencer, as a travel blogger, lifestyle blogger, whatever, in social media for a decade. In every industry, I see this toxicness, but the level that I see in like the reality TV pop culture scenes, it doesn't only have to be Bravo. It can be in the 90 day fiance scene. This can be in the locked up abroad scene. Like there are so many subcultures within reality TV of everyone has their own favorite shows and their own corners of the internet where they promote these shows, but it's crazy. And I honestly think like the more toxic we see will behave on screen, on, on TV, it's like it gives us the okay sign, like, okay, we can be like that too. Right. Okay, so I see. So they see people's behavior on TV being a little bit getting close to the line of what's appropriate or not. So like, because you behave so. this way, I can yeah. then reach out to you and behave that way. Yeah. And I uh, honestly think, because I'm very into psychology and sociology, even though I don't have any degrees in it, I know the DSM book out of my head. I really think people are also mirroring what they are seeing. Mm -hmm. So they are reciprocating the same behavior like, oh, you do that. So I can approach you that way, too. Or I can approach my followers in that way, too. And I'm like, bitch, you're not on a reality show. What they're doing is wrong. You don't have to do that in your life. Like, what are you doing? I, that's so interesting. I do think also, though, that in the U.S. in particular, and I'm not familiar with all of the other cultures of the world, but yeah. in the U.S., we have gotten more divisive and more, um, I don't even know what the right word is, just like reactive yeah. as a culture of people. And our politics has gotten that way. And our media has gotten that way. And people see something they disagree with, and they immediately, one, feel entitled to respond, two, Mm -hmm. feel like their response is worth everyone else hearing, and Mm -hmm. three, it just go way too low too quickly. And it's it's interesting, you know, because we've been seeing this in our politics, you know, having a person like Donald Trump who kind of all of the decorum of the presidency was kind of thrown out the window and things that you normally don't do or don't say were done and were said. And then, and I'm not blaming solely him, it's it's the Americans and how we're unable to like disagree and without screaming and shouting at each other. And mm-hmm. it's just, it's it's interesting to see it in social media. Were you on social media prior to January of 2020? Yeah, yeah, of course, because I had my travel blog. Okay, so... Like how I earned my living, but I was not into, like, the reality TV part. That's where I was going with it. So I was wondering I, if you had seen a difference. Did you even think that um, COVID... And the impact of people kind of all being at home, being on their computers, being on their phones, and being frustrated, right, over, like, the situation in the world. Do you think that may contribute as well? A million percent. And it doesn't even necessarily have to be COVID. But what I've also learned in therapy uh, is whenever you have too much time on your hands... You are wasting it on very, I don't know how else to say it, but like weird shit. Because you have all the time in the world. When you lose structure and you don't have like your day-to-day 
you have to get up at nine o'clock, you have to go to work, you have to pick up your kid, whatever you have to do on your day. You're just like, I woke up, I have nothing to do. I grab my phone and I'll see how my day goes. You just have too much time. And when people have too much time, I honestly believe that they do very stupid shit. Very yeah. stupid. So no, I that's, think you were that's so true. home during COVID, you know, you're unhappy. You are very limited in the things that you want to do. You, you want to explore and maybe go to work and travel or whatever. Maybe you lose your job and it's like one after the other negative thing. Yeah. What do you do with that bottled up frustration? You take it out. Who do you take it out on? Okay, let me go online and just curse at a <laughs> housewife. <laughs> yeah. okay. I mean, you know. Here's another question for you. Which housewives or other Bravo celebrities, mm-hmm. when you post about them on your page, attract the most negative attention? Uh Ooh, because there are people I don't... If I would post about, for example, Kelly Dodd, I would get a lot of negative things, which I don't. Um, who attracts the most... Yeah, Well, now Erica Jane is like a hot topic. Jen Shaw is like a hot topic. But also people who are like cancelled, yeah? like Stasi or Kristen, whenever I post about them, I personally get a lot of negative messages like why are you still giving them attention are you a fucking racist too Uh, it draws like a lot of negativity towards me and my account that's so interesting i just feel like i don't know what's the point of reaching out to you and trying to be like you post what you want to post and if people don't like it they can just stop following you Yeah, but I also think because I have thought about that, like, what is the difference between me and some of these accounts? Because why do I get specific messages or death threats or whatever that maybe another person doesn't do or doesn't get? And I really think I'm not saying that I am a moral compass. I learned that term from Beverly Hills. (laughs) I do know. No, but it has been used like more towards me as well in my DMs by my followers. People hold me to a standard of. You're keeping it light, bright, and fun, positive, but you also call out bullshit. And whenever I don't meet that expectation, and whenever I maybe voice something that is a bit more negative towards a fan favorite, or that is a bit like not like what they expect me to do, then I get a lot of these nasty messages, even like from people that have been following my journey for such a long time. Because, you know, at some point people see you as their online friends, their online Bravo friends. And I love that. And I love to be that for those people because those people are that for me too. Like we're a big online friend group and I love it. But it's also when you don't do something that fits within the expectations that they have, I have noticed like some people will reach out very nicely. Oh, I don't appreciate you saying that. But some people will go like all in very hard, very nasty, very fast. Like I'm often shook. I'm like, what's happening? Yeah, I know. It's it's really so overwhelming. How toxic, how toxic this community is. Because it's not only towards Bravo celebrities. It also shifts towards people who run the accounts. And what really annoys the fuck out of me lately, accounts um, amongst each other. There is so much toxicness. I can bet my life on it that it's equal, the equal amount of 
what we see on TV or maybe even worse. Like I have been in the Bravo community for like a little over two and a half years. And when I started, it was such a positive and engaging and great space also amongst the accounts. And now it's so clicky and you have like the toxic negative click. You have like uh, a click that's like very, they are trying to earn their money with their account. So they're a bit more professional. You have like the clickbait gang. You have like so many different clicks and it's like setting people up against each other and so much gossip. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? I don't want any part of this. I'm here for myself. I'm here to build my business. I'm here to entertain you if you want to be entertained. If you don't like it, you can leave. But I don't need to hear which account has said what about which account. I'm like, oh my God, I can barely keep up with Bravo Liberties. I'm not right, gonna let alone the bits. Like, when, fuck off. When the drama, it's like when the Bravo accounts become like they think they're the stars of their own reality show. And I'm sorry. I don't know. In the beginning, it was funny to me because I was like, oh, my God, there he goes again. Because it's often like the usual suspects, you know, by running an account like, okay, I can expect that from that person. But at some point, it was like literally everyone and everybody. And I was like, what the fuck is happening? You're a nobody. I am a nobody. Like, we're all nobodies. We're just random ass people who one day decided to make a podcast, make a YouTube channel, make an Instagram account, make a Twitter or whatever platform you are on. We are just regular people doing this. Maybe some of us earn a bit of coin, but we're not on TV. We don't need to cause this drama with each other to be like uh, controversial or gain more followers. Like what the fuck are you doing? I know. This part is honestly so damaging because I have been through so much shit lately. And I'm like, I'm one of the least problematic people on here. So I cannot even imagine the what the more problematic accounts are going through. Because it's fucking rough. People are coming for your throat. Like they make up the weirdest shit that you supposedly did or said. And I'm literally like, wait, is this radar online? Like a gossip magazine? What the fuck's happening? That's so crazy because I am so notoriously like not online. And yeah. and I mean, I, I go on Instagram. I go on Twitter. I don't um, usually get involved. I'm not a big enough account. I think I don't have as many followers. I don't try to kind of get in the mix. But I'm not a big account either. But you have a, you have a lot more. I mean, if you get more than 10,000 followers, I think, I think it's, it's a bigger... I I think it's not necessarily about the numbers. I really think it is how much you put yourself out there. Out there. And I don't put myself out there much. I don't try and get in the... Unless I think it's something that people maybe want to hear, right? And I try and do that all through the podcast, which is very different than doing it online. And so only the people that subscribe and listen to the podcast, and, and they will reach out to me when I cross a boundary, when I say something that is hurtful to them. And I appreciate that. I'm always listening and learning. And mm-hmm. most of the time, it's a really a kind, a wonderful conversation, because I'm very open to criticism, like I'm not above any of it. But um, 
you know, you know, the, especially if someone's been listening to you for a long time and they're reaching out with something that upset them that you said, it's they care. They've been listening to you because they care and they're coming. You have to know that they're coming from a place of like, exactly. hey, I really like you and yeah. I really like the content you create. Uh, mm-hmm. But this particular thing that you did or said, I really didn't appreciate. And, and I'm very yeah. open to that. You know, it's also about the approach because exactly people to disagree with me. Like, let's have the conversation. Maybe I'm not seeing something the right way or whatever the right way is. Maybe I can learn from you. Maybe you can learn from me or maybe we can agree to disagree. But it's in your approach. I have had the best conversations with people that I when they first messaged me, I was like, oh my God, fuck off. I really don't want to do this because I felt very attacked. But then I was like, wait, why do I feel attacked? Is there truth to what they're saying? <laughs> and is it because right. I don't want to do this? Like, what is it? Why is it this triggering me? And I had the best conversations with people where either I changed my mind or they changed their mind or we still had our own point of view. But we were like, okay, I appreciate what you said. But it's all in the approach like instead of sending someone a death threat maybe try (laughs) hey girl you know i didn't really like what you said maybe we cannot do that anymore instead of i want to throw acid in your face bitch (laughs) i can't can't with the acid it's so horrible like i'm laughing because it's horrible and it's it's just it's one of the nicest death threats that i got like i get very specific ways that's not I don't get this on the daily I want to make that very clear I have received maybe it sounds a lot but like 30 or 40 in the two and a half years like it has been a few not 50 but like maybe 50 ish but like not on the daily but whenever I post about a sensitive topic I know I will lose a lot of followers because I know like as a non-American the American politics don't affect me in the same way as it does in America. Of course, I can feel for things. Of course, I agree with certain things, but it doesn't directly affect my day-to-day living. And that is why I think I can approach it a bit differently. But if I say something, for example, negative about Donald Trump, oh my God, a lot of the Republican people who like Trump, because there are also a lot of Republican people that I learned that. You know, they are Republican, but they don't like Trump. Yeah, no, uh, there's a lot, actually. <laughs> a lot of them. But whenever I say something like, oh, my God, the people are so scary and horrible and my numbers are dropping and I'm like, oh, my God, what the fuck's happening? But, yeah, I think that's part of being online. And that's also the reason why I'm like, if I already get this and I'm a fucking nobody in, like, the Bravo universe, can you imagine what someone who is actually a celebrity or famous or like even a Kim Kardashian who has a trillion billion followers, whatever, what they have to deal with. I'm sure she doesn't yeah. read that shit. Well, I'm so, sure I mean, things get to her too. They get to everyone. And of yeah. course you could have like, you know, a thousand people say something positive, but the one negative comment is the one that exactly. you'll hold on to and remember. And I can only imagine Bravo celebrities of color, right? Um, people who are members of minority groups like Crystal 
And the types of hate that they get is often rooted in racism and, you know, anti-Asian racism in her case. And it's not just like, oh, they don't like her on the show. It's, oh, go back to China, you know, just like terrible, horrible stuff. And and then the stuff that like Ebony received when she was on The Real Housewives. Like, you don't have to like her as a housewife. And you can think that she ruined The Real Housewives of New York. You don't need to send her racist, hateful messages. No. And that's exactly why I was laughing. Not because the thing you said about Crystal, but it's so... Funny to me, because I have experienced that a lot too. Um, Whenever someone cannot win an argument with their words, they go for like the jugular. They go for like very below the belt, something that has nothing to do with the issue. It's like, yeah, um, yeah, I don't want to say a racist slur, but I'll repeat what you said as in, yeah, go back to your own country, go back to China. Like (laughs) that has absolutely nothing to do with who Crystal is as a person, but because Which is they an American, exactly, right? <laughs> they literally have nothing else or smarter to say. That's their answer. <laughs> Go back to your country, and I'm like, bitch, it's so laughable to me. You already lost the argument. If that is your comeback, that's not even a comeback. It's just whack. It's stupid. Ebony ruining Roni. Fuck off. First of all, Leah ruined that. I hate her. (laughs) (laughs) I think she's a fake ass, woke ass, wannabe loser. I do think she's a fake ass. No, I'm I'm not appreciative of her, both on the show and some of the things she said about Judaism. Exactly. As a Jew, it's like, can you please not uh, perpetuate you know, certain things like when she said, well, I did, I am converting the real way with an Orthodox rabbi. And it's like, oh, please, you know, the real way, like, and you're, then you're going to go on and you're going to go out on a Friday night and you're, you know, and that's not cool. Like in your Orthodox to not keep Shabbat. Like, why would you go through anyway? Sorry. She's no, we can even talk hours for that because I'm like, do you even respect Judaism or do you do it? Because the first thought I had was, is it to meet a man or is it because is it a popular thing to do? It's definitely because not a popular I'm, thing to do at all. It's extremely had, difficult to convert and the religion doesn't proselytize. So we actually mm-hmm. don't even like encourage conversion. We make it extremely difficult. So yeah. I personally think that she found a spiritual connectiveness with the religion and with the culture. And mm-hmm. so she made the choice to convert. But mm-hmm. I do think that she took on some of the maybe beliefs of other Jews around her that were saying certain things about other kinds of Jews, like this is yeah. the real way. Yeah. And and she absorbed those, um, yeah. which is, you know, to be expected. I just wish she wouldn't go on tv and repeat those things exactly i really don't appreciate it like clearly i'm i'm not jewish but i it's applicable for every religion to me you don't say those things and i'm sorry she's not a jew maybe she converted but like who are you she's a jew if she converted she's 100 percent a jew but is she already converted yes yeah oh she is yeah she already went through it i I believe like last year or earlier yeah. this year. Yeah, she's 100% a Jew. So okay, that's... Sorry. The I part make, I didn't know, but that even... Clear, if yeah. 
he is a Jew now, like you don't have the authority to judge other people on their religion. That's the thing. And, That's and the thing it's trying to articulate. Like, and it is something are- a lot of Jews do, right? And I was raised by my mom who looked down on certain other people who practiced Judaism differently than we did. Mm-hmm. But it's unhelpful. <laughs> And I would yeah. really wish she didn't do it, you know, yeah. and it just if we're going to have a Jew on the Real Housewives of New York, like mm-hmm. I would love to have someone that I don't know, can like show us Jewish culture 100%. without it being just Leah. Like, yeah. do we have to take someone who can I don't know, like, I don't want her to be the only sole no, no. representation. I love to see more about the Jewish um Religion, not cult, or it's both. Jewish culture, yeah, yeah. Because I love to learn about uh, not only like Judaism, but Christianity, uh, the Islam. Like uh, every culture has something that is so beautiful. I wish we had housewives that you know showed up more. I recently learned that Chanel Ayan of Dubai, she's a Muslim, and I'm like, she showed a lot about her African culture. But maybe next year we can learn more about. These traditions, because they live in Dubai, they have like the Eid, right? After Ramadan, they yeah, have like... Eid. Yeah, oh, you say Eid there? Okay. I, I say Eid, but you, you okay. I don't, maybe I'm saying yeah, it wrong. I don't know how, what the correct thing is. In Holland, yeah, we say Eid, Eid, whatever, not whatever, sorry, like... No, Eid. I'm sure, tomato, yeah. tomato. <laughs> yes, uh, and they live in Dubai, like such an Islamic country. And I ha- was there with Eid this year. And, you know, there are so many beautiful things going on. I hope if they film next year around that time, that, you know, we will get to see more of those things. If we have more Jewish representation and they film around Hanukkah, I would love to be, as a viewer, you know, see that world what do i'm not even sure if you're allowed to film on hanukkah yeah so hanukkah's, what's, hanukkah or... what's so funny about hanukkah is that it's not that um i don't want to say important but as big of a deal in terms of jewish holidays it ranks kind of low and oh. right but because it occurs around christmas which is the yeah. most important christian holiday or one of the two it um has been elevated by like christian society to be like you know and they always want to be like oh and hanukkah to like try and include you know the jews which is very sweet but like it's hanukkah is not as big of a deal actually passover rosh hashanah and yom kippur are much more kind of important holidays and we've seen um rosh hashanah on the real housewives of new jersey with jackie showing a meal that her family shared and we did see hanukkah this year with kyle and dorit's families getting together What's interesting is that I find that the Jewish housewives on all of the different franchises, I don't know if it's production or they themselves almost sort of like whitewash their Judaism and Mm -hmm. they don't show the things that they do that are Jewish. Um, But Dorit, we have seen when they went to Germany and she talked about her family that was in the Holocaust, but people forget that. Um, yeah. pretty quickly and so if yeah. it's only mentioned in one episode and you didn't watch that or you forgot about it five six years ago and now you're like oh she's just some like white girl like I don't know it's just but it is true because even I was going through a list like of who is actually Jewish I don't know what the conversation was and why I was doing this I think it was with the other content creator we were making a post and I was like wait Meredith Marks is Jewish yes like and they is. actually, yes. I'm like, 
And they actually showed last season in the first episode, she was having a Shabbat dinner with Mm -hmm. Lisa, who was Mm -hmm. born Jewish but converted to being Mormon. And they were talking about how do you braid the challah, which is the traditional bread. bread, Yeah. Yeah. Um, so she's but Jewish. I would love to see more of that, like, like not just a totally. episode, like because then it feels like, oh yeah, by the way, I'm a Jew. Here, this is what I do, and then they move on from it. And I'm like, if you are Jewish or a Christian or a Muslim, whatever your religion is, I want to see that being part of who you are, like continuously. If it's a big part of who you are, I think also sometimes there are people who are more just culturally Jewish and not as religious. And so it just doesn't come out as much. It Mm -hmm. also the kinds of people that would be attracted to being on these franchises probably don't keep Shabbat or keep kosher because it's very Mm -hmm. hard to interact socially when in certain, in certain, I guess, social groups, if between sundown on Friday and sundown on Saturday, you, you don't, or, yeah, you don't use technology or you don't yeah. go anywhere. And then anytime you go out to eat, you like won't eat most of the food. Like there's just, you know, certain things, but I, I don't know. I, I do wish they showed it a little bit more. And or maybe create yeah. a show with like a whole entire Jewish cast. Well, that could be problematic. <laughs> I could see that okay. going. I, I, could see, I could see yeah, like I all know. the bad things happening and like uh, other Jews being like, that's not representative, you know, because we're very yeah. diverse. We're not like a monolith. You know, I could see the same Maybe thing happening. Very interesting thing, especially like for yeah. a viewer to witness, like even within the Jewish um, culture and religion, we have different layers of people of who are maybe very orthodox, like the show of Julia Hart. Oh, my, God. <laughs> I have so much to say about her. <laughs> yeah, I know. I have a lot of Jewish friends here in Holland, and they were, I'm not going to repeat what they said, um, because I like Julia, but I'm not Jewish. I'm so not a I fan of how she has tried to portray things in general. Yeah, and I really can understand if that's your religion if i would see i'm not i'm like more like atheist-ish person i grew up in a christian muslim household so my parents were like big and i was like i take this from this culture this from this religion right well i'm here um and i have a lot of jewish friends so i also learned a lot i lived in antwerp for a very long time Mm -hmm. and that's Wait, if I say Jew city, that's not, is that insulting? Like, I don't I think don't, so. It's a Jewish is, city you know, within. Like, Jewish city. Almost all of my local friends were Jewish. So, and that was very funny because I was their only non-Jewish friend. <laughs> I really loved it. Um, but I, when I talk to them, they're like, you know, this is our religion. And even like the people that are not very invested in their religion they were like a born jew and they were not really practicing even they were extremely insulted about how their religion was like shown to the world like this is it and it almost became like a bad thing the way she it's it's that her and her show is extremely complicated but what I've, I'm starting to think also is that these housewife shows, which center around drama and conflict, maybe aren't in line with anyone who is particularly religious, right? Like, I think it might be difficult to be a very religious or, um, I don't know, certain kind of person that mm-hmm. also is like screaming and throwing wine, 
you know, yeah. like I think it's, yeah. but, but, um, you know, I do think we've gotten to see pretty cool cultural stuff on the housewives with Wendy on Potomac and her heritage with and our I, Chinese new year. Yes. I think I'm hoping we see more of those things, you know, and, yeah. and Garcelle's Haitian background. And yeah. I, I think it's, that's what I love. Right. Same. Same. And we do have, I think the housewives franchises can definitely be a lot more diverse, but we also do have a bit of representation from a lot of different cultures on the current housewife shows. But I would love to see those parts more highlighted and, you know, get an opportunity as a viewer to learn more about, um, I was talking with Jennifer. Uh, yeah, I always say Jennifer Aiden because that's how you pronounce her name. But she Americanized her name, so she says Jennifer Aiden. <laughs> so the, the Turkish how... pronunciation is Aiden. Yeah, Aiden. Oh, that's like how my pronunciation of my last name is Slutsker. But if you yeah. came here at a certain year and that was your last name, certain people would say Slutsker, and some people will just like take that as the print, like Judice versus Judice. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. And I wanted to say as a Dutch people, a Dutch people, Dutch person, I would say Schlutzker. Yeah. That's how I pronounce your name. Right. So which they- is, yeah. When they immigrated and yeah, exactly that. But with uh, Jennifer, I also said, because she, um, the day after she went to Teresa's wedding, she actually had another like Turkish wedding uh, and she posted everything on her stories too. And I was like, oh my fucking God. It would be so amazing because Turkish weddings are crazy and lavish and so expensive. And with the dances and the food to really get that experience on any housewife show. And she was like, yeah, but they were not filming. I'm like, fuck, the entire crew was literally there because it was like the venue next to the venue that Teresa did the day after. I was like, it would have been so fun. That's like my dream to see things like that that are very significant to a culture. If it's Turkish, Moroccan, Jewish, uh, uh, African, like anything that's not like familiar to us that we're a bit maybe unaware of to see that and the beauty of, you know, different ethnicities and people and backgrounds. That's something I really miss on Bravo. I would really love to see more of that. Me too. I think that's a great place to kind of end this conversation because we're talking about, you know, what divides us and what makes us react and be rude to each other and mean to each other on social media. But I think what unites people is learning about each other's backgrounds and cultures and religions. And I, I know that the Bravo production and the production companies kind of always have to tread that line of what will create controversy so that we are talked about so that people feel invested, what's boring, you know, but I think there are, I I don't know, I feel like we haven't struck the right balance in recent years. And I'm hoping that that we can do more. Um, Cece, tell everyone where they can find you, how they can access your content, everything. I currently have my Instagram account. That's at cc.loves.u. I also have my own website where I will launch like a blogging part. 
But I also have my web shop with Bravo merch already. So that's cclovesyou.com. And I'm also on YouTube, but I really have to focus on creating more content when my health is a bit better. But you can follow me there as well. CC loves you. Everywhere it's CC loves you. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. And thank you for spreading so much positivity online. And I encourage everyone who listens to this podcast to let's be the change. Let's kind of yes. quash some of the toxicity in the Bravo online space. And let's just lift That's each true. other up and learn yeah. to disagree without creating such negative energy around it exactly very dead i could not have said it better myself (laughs) (laughs) always fun to talk to you we'll have to have you back soon hopefully you'll have me back soon 